This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today. A lot of things to talk about. We had President Trump's State of the Union this past week. Uh, on uh, Tuesday night, that was. And then on Wednesday, President Trump was acquitted from the false charges that the House of Representatives brought against him in the impeachment trial. So various things to talk about. We also have this Iowa uh, fiasco that we're going to spend a a fair amount of the show talking about, the Iowa fiasco when it comes to something as simple as submitting the election results. And then uh, we'll continue to talk about the uh, Democrat uh, process to find who they want to be uh, the Democrat nominee. So we got the Democrat primary going on. We have New Hampshire coming up uh, this next week. And then we have, I believe, Nevada and then South Carolina and so on and so forth. And you have Super Tuesday later on in a month or two. So a lot of things to talk about. The first thing I want to start off the show talking about is what happened in Iowa. And so basically, just to just to set this up, the Democrats in Iowa had their primary, or their caucus is what it's called. And the caucus process is a little bit different. It's actually a lot different than your typical primary, which your typical primary is won via popular vote. Uh, Whoever gets the most votes in the state wins the primary and gets most of the delegates. Sometimes they get all of the delegates. Sometimes they get uh, part of the delegates. Um, So uh, so the so the Democrat caucus in Iowa is uh, is what went on. And it's basically where you go and you meet at these various precincts and you start out the night in your different groups. So each candidate has their own group. So in this corner of the of the room would be um, Bernie Sanders supporters uh, there to caucus. And the other side of the room might be uh, Joe Biden supporters, so on and so forth. You get the idea. Well, as the night goes on, it narrows down to only a few candidates left. And then so if you were in, let's say, candidate A's uh, group at the beginning of the night, well, he ends up getting weeded out or, or loses and gets uh, eliminated, then you have the option to switch over and go to uh, one of the more viable candidates throughout the night. And then at the end of the night, you end up having a winner at that precinct. And then uh, th- that's kind of how it, it, it plays out. So Iowa had their caucus this past um, Monday night. And there, the, the, the Democrat Party there in Iowa, had they had been bragging for the past few weeks about the, this new app that they were going to run uh, for the first time in Iowa, 
and they were going to, the, the different precincts were going to electronically submit their uh, precinct results. Well, about an hour or two into the caucus, well, actually an hour or two after the polls had closed, it became very clear that something just wasn't working right. And I, I was actually watching Fox News, uh, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, reporting on the results or attempting to report on the results. And it got into 9 o'clock. And remember, the polls closed at 7. The caucus uh, ended at 7. It got to be 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10, 30, 11. And nobody, nobody in, in the news industry had any numbers. The Democrat Party of Iowa had reported 0% or zero precincts three hours after the polls had closed. I mean, this was unheard of. We've experienced, I mean, everybody knows a different state where we've had delays on reporting results because we have to do a recount or something like that. But this was a major, major mishap. The company behind the app that the uh, precinct chairs were using is called Shadow Inc. And I just want to give you a little background to here. Shadow Inc. was started by two Hillary Clinton allies who worked for the Hillary Clinton campaign. And guess what? They also worked for Barack Obama's campaign in 2012. And these two Hillary Clinton allies, these uh, tech guys, and uh, apparently developed this app and pitched it to the Iowa Democrat Party and they bought into it and uh, launched it. But the, the, the mishap here... They called it, they blamed it on a coding issue, but we really don't know what that means. There's, there hasn't been a full explanation as to what actually went wrong when it comes to the, the uh, tablets and the app uh, there in Iowa. And th I only bring this up because, you know, there, there were jokes uh, early on in the night or in the next day on Tuesday about how the Democrats, they want to run our health care. They want to run everything in this country from the top down, and they can't even develop an app to report numbers to, to the state party. And that criticism and those jokes that were being lobbed at the Democrats, it's so true. Here is, here is the Democrat Party, and President Trump made this point. I can't take credit for this. But President Trump on Tuesday put out a statement or a tweet talking about how this is just what happened in Iowa is is eerily similar to what happened with Obamacare, where our own government used our tax dollars, five billion with a B, not million, five billion dollars to develop a website to run Obamacare enrollment. And on day one after Launching the Obamacare website, the, the entire website fell apart. Nothing worked. Nobody could enroll. And it was days before they got it fixed. It was days before they got the Obamacare website fixed. Well, the same thing, the same mess happened in Iowa. And, you know, I, I, I understand how when glitches happen, Things go wrong. Things break. I get it. But we're talking, we're talking like that's all the Democrats, Democrat state party had to do was report results. That's their one task. And they couldn't even do that right. Not to mention 
nobody's asking this question, and they should be. Why did the Iowa Democrat Party not have a paper backup system? Why did the Iowa Democrats, the state party, not have a, have a redundancy plan in place where if the app doesn't work, we switch over to paper uh, reporting, just like they've been doing for the past 70-plus years, or longer than that, actually. But the Iowa caucus has been a tradition for at least 70 years, uh, meaning they lead off the primary. But for decades, let's just say that, they've been reporting on paper and calling it into the national headquarters, and that's worked fine, and we get results within a few hours, minimum, I mean maximum. And so what I have a suspicion about is whether these Hillary Clinton allies, I'm just throwing out a theory out there, just like the left likes to do. They throw out these conspiracy theories like President Trump colluded with Russia. So I'm going to throw out my own conspiracy theory. Could it be that the Hillary Clinton minions that developed this app, they saw about eh, 30 minutes into the caucus results that mm, it just wasn't going so good for Joe Biden. So what are we going to do? We're going <laughs> to wink, wink. We're going to break the app so that Bernie Sanders can't do a victory lap on Tuesday morning on the news shows. Could it be that that happened? After all, we're talking about the same folks who who uh, literally destroyed her email server with a hammer, not metaphorically, literally. They also used a software called BleachBit, which wipes the server clean of her emails. These are the same type, folks, not the exact same people, but this is the same group of people <laughs> who are known for their shenanigans. They're known for their misconduct when it comes to this technology stuff. That's just my theory. I think something odd is going on in Iowa, and I think the Democrat elites, the establishment, they are intervening to slow uh, Bernie Sanders down because he does have a lot of momentum. That's my theory. But anyway, at a minimum, the people like that, you got to have a backup option. You got to have a paper ballot option so we can get the results. And it, it ended up being more than 24 hours before we ended up getting any results from Iowa. And the Iowa, uh, the, the National Democrat Party, they're saying we need a recount. <laughs> they're saying we need a recount. The National Democrat Party is saying, oh, we need to re-canvas re Iowa. We need to recount. But then the Iowa Democrat Party is saying, we're taking our time, making sure we get this right. So which one is it? No one really knows. I want to transition. Uh, well, I actually want to play one clip before we transition here. I want to play. This is Chris Matthews on MSNBC. And even he, even himself, he understands what kind of chaos went down in Iowa and how embarrassing it is for the Democrats Clip three, let's listen. And it is a strange situation when we got three victory title totals. Mm -hmm. You can pick the one you like. The first one, I, as I tell me if I'm wrong, is like a primary. In other words, people walked in, they voted. That's how they came out with with uh, Bernie ahead of, a bit ahead of Buttigieg. And then they people got to reallocate. They skir skirmished around, ran around. And by the way, some of it, I think, illegally. They just decided they didn't have enough in one group, so they went over and went over and poached a few others from other parts of the room, and they got their total to, for viability. And then the third total was the way we used to count this. How many national delegates did you get? And Pete Buttigieg wins there. I think she would start with that. Why did Pete Buttigieg come out on delegates 
when he lost two of the three contests. So there you have it. That's Chris Matthews. He's kind of rambling there, and you probably didn't understand much of what he's talking about. But basically what he's saying is, is this is a bunch of chaos. This is unnecessarily difficult. And the, and the Democrat Party changed the rules a few weeks ago, imagine that, to where uh, it's hard to gauge who the winner is. They, bro- they tried to break the results down into three different categories, which I'm not even going to try to get into, when all you need to know is who got the most delegates. That's all we need to ask. Who got the most delegates from the night? That's the winner. Let's keep it simple. This is basic math, folks. And and the reporting, this is not difficult. I'm talking about if you've taken math class at least to like fourth grade, you can you can run the results for the Iowa caucus. All you do is write down on a sheet of paper how many how many people from the precinct voted for each candidate. And then you sign your name at the bottom saying that you certify that this is the truth. And then you send it into the National Party headquarters. Man, this is, as as other people have said, this is the same party who wants to run our health care. This is the same party that wants to literally take over the private sector in various areas so that they can run it from the top down of the government. Moving on, there was some criticism about President Trump giving uh, I think undue criticism about President Trump giving the Medal of Freedom to uh, to uh, my, my, I'm sorry I'm having a brain fart the to Rush Limbaugh thank you Brent my producer uh, I was going to say Carl Rove but that's not who it was it was uh, Rush Limbaugh President Trump gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh. At the State of the Union, he actually gave it to him in real time. Melania Trump had the the uh, Medal of Freedom, uh, presented it to him, put it on his neck, so on and so forth, at the um, State of the Union. But the, the reason I bring this up is there were some, including Whoopi Goldberg on The View, who were criticizing, they were criticizing, saying, I don't think uh, Rush Limbaugh was worthy of that. We need to give it to people who actually have done something so on and so forth. Very insulting, actually, to Rush Limbaugh because he's had a very stellar career in talk radio. But I went back and, and I thought to myself, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're criticizing President Trump for giving Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom because apparently he, quote, apparently he, quote, didn't do anything is what Whoopi Goldberg said. And I thought to myself this week, wait, didn't President Obama give the Presidential Medal of Freedom to People in similar professions? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. One of his last things he did in office, this was actually in late November of 2016 after President Trump had already won the election. President Obama, here's the headline. President Obama awards 21 Presidential Medal of Freedom, Medals of Freedom. And here's just a few of the names. And as much as I want to crack jokes and insult these people who he gave them to, except for one of them, I actually think it was a, a good choice. But they're, they're actors. They're Hollywood actors. And I'm not going to get into whether Hollywood actors deserve the Medal of Freedom or not, because that's 100%, 100% subjective. The president gives the Medal of Freedom to whoever he wants. But let me just read a few of the names. Michael Jordan, I think that was a good choice. The ones that I could crack jokes on would be Bruce Springsteen, Tom Hanks, Robert De Niro, Ellen DeGeneres, and others, various other, uh, quote, famous people. 
the entire reason I bring that up is because when President Obama gives the Medal of Freedom to singers or movie stars who've had a, from what most would call a successful career, uh, the, the media is nowhere to be found. Whoopi Goldberg is nowhere to be found. But let's give uh, Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom. Well, he's not deserving. What has he done in his life? We should give it to more respected people, blah, 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 blah. On the same show, on the same day, on The View, another host named Sonny Hostin on The View, she was talking about President Trump's State of the Union, and she was talking about how President Trump hasn't done anything for the black community. Let's listen to this insanity clip, too. I saw reality TV being produced, and I don't think that's the place for the State of the Union. And I saw him touting uh, his accomplishments with the black community. And I was offended by the fact that he was trying to use a Tuskegee Airman as a prop, as a political prop. Like, I didn't like it. And I, and I think when you think about this administration and what it has allegedly done for the black community, you have to think that in the federal judges that he has appointed, they've been 90% white. He has gutted the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice. He has gutted the EPA uh, agency, which has protected <clears throat> black communities from plagues like well, Flint, know, Michigan. So don't I, I, tell me what I, I, you've yeah, done for ahead. the black community because you haven't done anything for the black yeah. community. I just said. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. That's uh, Sonny Hostin on The View. And I just got to take this piece by piece, and you're going to be pretty shocked at some of the things I'm going to say here, not because they're new things I'm saying or because they're, they're outlandish or anything like that, but just because people just don't talk about this stuff. People just don't talk about what I'm about to talk about, but it should be mentioned more often. Number one, let's just, this, this, is, this gets me fired up, and I'm going to try to manage myself. Let's go by that piece by piece. I'm just going to, let's just take two things of what this, this co-host on The View just said about President Trump and how he's, quote, allegedly done things for the black community. And then she goes on a rant about all the things that President Trump has done bad. The first, or one of the, one of the things she said was that, quote, President Trump has, quote, gutted the civil rights division of the DOJ. That is factually not true. That is factually not true. What President Trump has done is he has refocused the civil rights division to where they're actually doing what they're supposed to do, and that is enforce the Civil Rights Act of 1964. But what President Obama was doing is he was taking our civil rights division and he was using it as a political weapon. He was using it to enforce this insane homosexual and transgender agenda on America. He was using, President Obama was using the civil rights division for other purposes to serve his political agenda. President Trump is refocusing the Civil Rights Division on what it should actually be focused on, and that is enforcing the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So to say President Trump is gutting the Civil Rights Division, that is not true. That's a lie. 
but she doesn't have to apologize for it. The second thing, and the this is even more outlandish what she said, this co-host on The View said that that President Trump is is pulling resources away from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, so that things like Flint, Michigan happen more often and can't be fixed. Do we really want to talk about Flint, Michigan? Flint, Michigan happened under Democrats. This was a Democrat. This was a hardcore, decades-controlled Democrat city right outside of Detroit called Flint, Michigan. It's been under Democrat reign for literally like 50 years. And and economically, Detroit's been going downhill ever since the Democrats took over. And And all of our administrations have been shipping jobs out of the country, these manufacturing jobs. But when Flint, Michigan, when that fiasco happened, like what we had saw happen in Iowa with the caucus, Flint, Michigan was 100%, 100% a Democrat problem. Number one, it was under Obama's watch. Actually, it was more right after Obama, early Trump administration, I believe. But the, my point is, is that what the co-host there on The View is not mentioning is that when you go back to who's responsible for Flint, Michigan, every person that's responsible is a Democrat. Democrat mayor, Democrat police chief, Democrat everything there in Flint, Michigan. But let's not talk about that. Let's somehow blame President Trump for uh, Flint, Michigan. Absolute insanity. And I'll actually look into whether Flint, Michigan, I'll ask Brent to look into whether Flint, Michigan happened under the, the last few years of Obama or whether it happened under Trump. Um, I know it, if, if it happened under Trump, it was very, very early on in the administration. If not, it was under the last few years of Obama. But continuing on, what I was going to tell you about what people don't talk about and what, what, what people should be talking about is the history of the Democrat Party. The history of the Democrat Party is a steeped in racism. The Democrats' party, the Democrat Party, historically is a party of racism and suppression of blacks and other minorities. Let's just go through, through a few history points, and I'm going to post this WorldNet Daily article on our podcast page at AFR.net, AFR.net on the podcast page, but just a few things. 1857, the Supreme Court, with seven of nine of the nine justices being Democrat, they decided that Dred Scott was not a citizen. Uh, the Democrat, uh, Andrew Jackson, which was a Democrat, one of his appointees uh, said, quote, that blacks and slaves were, quote, so far inferior. Moving on, and this is a lot of details, but I'm just going to take a flyover uh, view of it. But the the 15th Amendment, granting the right to vote to all men regardless of race, was passed in February 3rd of 1870. Oh, okay, so Flint, Michigan, folks. Brent, my producer, Flint, Michigan, that went down in 2014. Guess who was in the White House? Guess who was in charge of the EPA? Can you say President Obama? So let's not blame Flint, Michigan on President Trump. But the 15th Amendment, granting the right to all men regardless of race, was passed in Febu- on February 3rd, 1870. Listen to this. Overcoming 97% Democrat opposition. 
Once the Southern Democrats could no longer keep former slaves from, slaves from voting, they attempted to intimidate them through something called the KKK and other uh, vigilante activities. Shifting on, uh, moving on, getting through this, the, uh, my point here is, is that the Democrat Party is full, their history is, is racism. A large part of the Democrat Party history is racism, and here they are trying to blame President Trump for being a bigot and being racist and blah, blah, blah. And they've never asked for forgiveness for their party's history. Instead, they're trying to shift the blame onto someone else. One more clip I want to play is clip one. This is Pete Buttigieg, the mayor from South Bend, Indiana, who actually looks like he might have won the Iowa caucus. We won't know. Who knows when we'll know the actual final results of that. But Pete Buttigieg, he was on The View uh, in recent weeks and he's talking about baby killing and how he thinks it should be just legal across the board. Clip one. Let's listen. I saw an interview you did on a radio show where you were talking about abortion. And I think this got a lot of play in conservative media, conservative circles where you were talking about. And this is your quote. There's a lot of parts of the Bible that talk about how life begins with breath. So even that is something we can interpret differently. It obviously in my circles was passed around everywhere because I think the interpretation from pro-life people like me was that you meant a baby actually being born and then possible. You know, there's a lot of controversy with um Governor Northam and what it means and what what time a woman should be able to have an abortion. I just wanted you to clarify because I found that statement to be pretty radical. Well, uh, I'm just pointing to the fact that uh, different people will interpret their own moral lights and for that matter interpret scripture differently. But we live in a country where it is extremely important that no one person have to be subjected to some other person's interpretation of their own religion. I but know I think, we're not um, going to agree. Partial birth abortion is something that was coming up in, in, like I said, Governor Northam. It was a huge controversy when he was running for governor. And I think people, even Democrats, and there are a lot of pro-life Democrats in the country, want to know exactly where your line is, because you will be the president if you win. Right, but my point is that it shouldn't be up to a government official to draw the line. It should be up to the woman who's confronted with the choice. All right, well, there you have it. Look, here's the insanity of that argument. All right, that, that is a bogus argument. Even conservatives can't make that argument on other issues. You can't just say, well, the government shouldn't be involved. Well, you know what? The government's pretty much involved in everything. I mean, you think about it. This is coming from the party who literally wants to be involved in everything, including medical decisions about even other medical issues. Here's a Democrat saying, oh, the government just doesn't need to be involved. Why don't you apply that to all your other party platform? The government doesn't need to be involved. I mean, this is ludicrous. The government makes laws. That's what the government does. There's no way the government can distance itself from lawmaking. Not to mention, the Democrats want the government involved. You want to know why? They want the government to allow baby killing up to nine months and even past that. And so what I'm saying is, yeah, let's get the government involved and let's outlaw this baby killing. These Democrats are scary folks and their views are deadly. And I mean that literally. Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Check out our website, AFR.net. You can also download the AFR app on your smartphone and listen anytime. We'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.